Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Yeah, so obviously, as most of you know, my name's Simon. Uh, I'm part of the team here at Eastside. And today we're going to be continuing our series in Luke, talking about a story uh, of Jesus attending an important dinner. Um, I was going to show you a picture at that stage, but I'm not going to now. That's fine. Um, the background to this story is quite an interesting one. So Jesus and his disciples are invited to a dinner by a ruling Pharisee. So this guy was very important. He was a ruler, but he was a religious ruler. So he knew a lot about the Bible and he was thought of really well. People looked up to him. And he also probably, because most of them did, hated Jesus. So we're not really told why Jesus was invited to his house to dinner. Um, Maybe, I like to think possibly what was going on, the Pharisees were trying to trap him as they were prone to do. Um, And perhaps they they were trying to humiliate Jesus as well um, by by what they were doing. Um, So the story goes like this. Now Jesus began telling a parable to the invited guests when he noticed how they had been selecting the places of honour at the table, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down to eat at the place of honour, since a more distinguished person than you may have been invited by the host. And he who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your place, and then in disgrace you proceed to take the last place. So, if so, the host who invited both of you, sorry, when you're invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So when I was trying to get my head around what all this meant, um, I had a bit of a Google search about what this table looked like. And again, I would have had a nice picture for you. But if I can perhaps describe it. So what the first century Jews did, they used what was called a triclinium. Triclinium? Triclinium? It was was basically a table in the shape of a C. So if you imagine a table like this. And at one end of the table sits the host, the main person. And to their left sits their, their, their best mate, their friend, their favoured guest. And to their right sits the honoured guest. And then it kind of follows a pecking order. So you have, you know, next important person and so on, all the way around the table until finally at the end of the other side of the table, you get the servant who's there ready to go and get the food and wash people's feet and do things like that. So you have this sort of pecking order along the table. What Jesus noticed about the people at the meal was something I'm sure we all see around us all the time. People were jostling for position. They all wanted those top seats right at the top to be closest to the most important people, to be seen part of the in-crowd for everyone to think they were important. 
Now, if we think about it, Jesus was definitely the most important person in the room, right? I mean, he is God. So he had every right to be sitting right at the very top of the table. That's what he actually truly deserved. And that's what made that particular scene so ridiculous. Here were a group of people straining a gasket to make themselves somehow look more important than the person who created the entire universe. But rather join in with all this and say, actually... (laughs) I'm God, move aside. Jesus uses the opportunity to teach. He declares their attitude was all wrong. They shouldn't be trying to take the top spots, trying to make everyone think they were more important than others. If they carried on, he said, they were going to be humiliated. But if they kept themselves humble, they would be given honour. So if you think about this example, imagine someone who sits right in the middle of the table. Now, if they'd chosen to sit higher up and they're asked to move back down, that's humiliating. But if they sit lower down and they're asked to move up, that's honouring. I mean, they end up in the same spot, right? But depending on what they've chosen, makes a big difference. So, like many messages Jesus gave, none of that should have come as any surprise particularly to someone like the Pharisees who are listening in, they were meant to know the old scriptures really well. And if you look at those, and they've been around for ages, they said the same thing. So Micah 6.8 says, What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Proverbs says, When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. So what is humility and pride? Now, I actually struggled with this. I think humility is one of these things that you kind of think you should know about. You know, particularly if you've been a Christian in a while, things like holiness and grace and things like this, you, you should know about actually, But when you come to try and define it, it's actually a little bit difficult. So um, I, I went for the dictionary definition. <laughs> um, and uh, the Cambridge Dictionary defines pride as The belief that you are better or more important than other people. I'm guilty of that. (laughs) The Merriam-Webster Dictionary describes it as exaggerated self-esteem. So fundamentally, humility and pride are all to do with relationships. At the heart of those ideas is everyone's desire to be well-liked by other people well-regarded by other people. We all want that. Fashion is all to do with that. It's not about whether you like the clothes you're wearing, but whether other people like them. Politicians' careers depend on their approval ratings. Celebrities only exist because other people celebrate them. So, looking at all that, it seems to me that Pride and humility are to do with three things. The first is our focus. Who are we focusing on? Are we focusing on ourselves or are we focusing on other people? The second thing is, do we push other people down to benefit ourselves? If you think about the table example, to get the highest spot, you had to push someone out of the way, right? You had to push them down. 
And the third is, how honest are we about ourselves, both to ourselves and to other people? So we, we find those things reflected in the story. Firstly, focus on the self. Again, they were just all focused on their own interests. They weren't even thinking about anyone else at the feast or what they were thinking. They certainly weren't thinking about Jesus and the disciples. Um, as C.S. Lewis once said, if you meet a really humble man, he will not be thinking about humility because he won't be thinking about himself at all. Rick Warren put it a slightly different way. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Secondly, they didn't care that by pushing ahead, they would have to push other people down the pecking order. They were willing to take status from others to gain more from themselves. It was fundamentally a selfish act. And thirdly, they were willing to exaggerate their own importance. They weren't thinking, I deserve to be at the top spot. They just thought it was available. And again, the object objective truth was that Jesus was the most important person in that room. In fact, true humility can only in one sense be seen as recognizing the truth about ourselves, about humanity. After all, as the book of Romans teaches, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, the hard truth is if we're really talking about what we really deserve as of right. Well, that's punishment. And that's true for absolutely everyone apart from one person. Because all of us, apart from Jesus, have fallen short of perfection. In one sense, it's a great equaliser. It doesn't matter what your academic success is, what you've achieved, what job you have, what car or house or things you have, what clothes you wear, how well-travelled you are, how many followers on social media you have. None of us actually deserve, as of right, any importance or status. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone that we are raised up from that position, from the grave. It's through his incredible sacrifice that we are given an incredible, overwhelming status. Like him, we are made children of God. There is no higher status than that. Tim Keller said, the Christian gospel is that I am so flawed that Jesus had to die for me. Yet, I am so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. This leads to deep humility and deep confidence at the same time. It undermines both swaggering and snivelling. I cannot feel superior to anyone and yet I have nothing to prove to anyone. I do not think more of myself nor less of myself. Instead, I think of myself less. But when I was thinking about humility, it seems to me that we can, we can get, well, I can get humility misunderstood in three ways. Firstly, 
There's a difference between pride and success. It's okay to be successful. Being humble is not that we don't try hard to be the best or even just to be successful. The reality is that we shouldn't be regarding those sort of things as the source for our status or importance. We shouldn't think that our achievements or success means that we deserve greater status. But achieving success is not the same thing as being proud about it. I think it's interesting that the greatest characters of the Bible were all humble. I noticed that some of you mentioned some of those in, earlier on. But um, Moses was perhaps one of the greatest and most revered leaders that Israel ever knew. But Numbers, the book of Numbers in the Bible says, he was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. And Jesus said, I mentioned on my table, no one was greater than John the Baptist. He was the greatest, the greatest prophet. But his entire life is a picture, a powerful image of humility. Secondly, we can be falsely humble. Maybe we do things thinking that somehow we were earning status or favour with God. We come to church, we help out. We think we're earning brownie points with, with God. But that's false humility. And we can see false humility at work on social media, where people tend to pretend to be unconcerned with their own importance whilst actively trying to promote and celebrate themselves. So I did a quick Google search. I did have some nice images, but I'll, I'll read them out. And I found some really great examples of humble brags. These are real tweets. So Cheryl Yeo said, I just did something very selfless. But more important, it was genuine. And I know it means a lot to the person in the long run. The Hoff, David Hasselhoff, tweeted, It's an evening with the Hoff. Britain's Got Talent, followed by my life story on Piers Morgan. Hopefully you won't get sick of me. Jared Leto said, Just won GQ Style Award in Germany. Obviously they made a mistake. I wonder how long till they come take it back. Whoops. Michael Owen, this is great. Somebody obviously told people I was there, as loads of kids were waiting for my autograph afterwards. Embarrassing. <laughs> so finally, thirdly, we can condemn ourselves. That's not humility. It is not humility to condemn yourself. It's a trap or believing that humble means putting ourselves down or refusing to accept a compliment. It's wrong and toxic. God does not say that we don't have any status. He says he gives us status. We have status because we are children of God. Isaiah says, you are precious in my sight, since you are honoured and I love you. As David Wilson puts it, a humble person is not one who thinks little of himself, hangs his head and says, I'm nothing. Rather, he is one who depends wholly on the Lord for everything, in every circumstance. The godly way to deal with a compliment is to show gratitude, not to throw it back in somebody's face. 
So how should we respond? Humility clearly is the opposite of pride. Rather than being an act of selfishness, it's an act of selflessness and love. A humble person focuses relentlessly and determinedly on others. How can we this week change our focus to the needs of others rather than ourselves? On social media, are we solely concerned about how we are portrayed or do we use it as a tool to encourage? Can we be more interested in the lives and needs of those around us? Are we willing to take our eyes off this temporary short life that we have and focus on the bigger eternal picture? The way we treat others. A humble person is far too busy constantly building up and encouraging others to be worried about their own status at work or elsewhere are we seeking to build up our colleagues or the people that we meet? Let's pray that God will give us an encouraging word for those who might need it. And finally, truth. A humble person lives in the freedom of the truth that they have, all they have, including their status and their eternal future, is a gift from God, not earned or deserved. As we increase in our humility, with that wonderful promise, as, and Proverbs 11 says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help are helped. Humility releases God's blessing and help into our lives. If we humble ourselves to the point where we realize that we cannot earn or deserve favor, God's favor, love and salvation from our wrongdoing, if we accept that God freely gave us that gift when Jesus died on a cross to pay the price for our failings, we can look forward to the future of eternity with him, the source of all good things. So let's, let's pray. Father, this week, please change our hearts to focus on others. Change our attitudes so that we think others more important than ourselves. Help us to build up and encourage instead of putting others down to make ourselves down look better. Help us also not to put ourselves down or fall into the trap of false humility. But keep our eyes on you as we make our way through this short life into eternity with you. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.